G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you here listening today. My name is Lockie and I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job is to help guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Today, Riley Brown and I, we sit down and we open up a new series called How Not to Be Your Own Worst Enemy. Because the truth is, we all have the potential to be our own worst enemies. So Riley and I, we have a really um, practical conversation about the steps we can take and two really practical commitments we can make to stop being our own worst enemies. So I hope you really enjoy this episode. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out the latest episode of Beyond at Home so that this podcast all makes sense. Well, Riley, a brand new series. We love a new series. We also love routine and rhythm, and we're back in person for the time being. We're back to a normal BTM schedule. I'm so excited. Mm. I've never been so excited about such, you know, like just stable things. Just faces, just seeing faces like you. Obviously awesome seeing people's faces, um, you know, through a computer screen or an iPhone at times as well. Um, But, also, just really good, even if we're seeing half a person's face, that's also an exciting <laughs> thing, even if half of it's covered with a, with a mask. You know, when people are smiley, because a lot of people have smiley eyes, so it is good to be back. You're right, Lockie. Yeah, I'm not, really sure, I'm not sure my eyes give away too much. I find it really hard with the mask. Um, my eyes just don't do much. There's not a lot of movement happening there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, could, we could talk about that for a long time, but we are, we'll instead get into our, our new series, which is called How Not to Be Your Own Worst Enemy. Mm. And I love when they've got a huge acronym that makes oh, no sense. No, isn't that, uh, but isn't that it, funny? All those things, like, I think even, because when we do new series, I know you know this, like, Lock 2, you'd use this with Beyond the Message, when you're kind of saving something that has to do yep. with the series, you always take yep. the first letter of each word yep. of the whole series conversation. But yeah, this one adds up. So like H-N-T-B-Y-O-W-E. So there's documents saved on my computer that I'm just, it looks like I've just smashed my hand on the keyboard and gone, that's something that I need to come back to. <laughs> well, like now that we've been doing the podcast for such a long time, I look back at all my old files and I'm like, I have no idea. But at the mo- in the time, you're like, this makes sense. This is it. Um, so it I couldn't even tell you what series we've done just from all these like crazy acronyms. But we're in <laughs> one of those new series and it's so exciting. Um, and we'll get all, you know, it's kind of an introductory episode today, just trying to get um, really starting, uh, you know, what it looks like, um, what we're going to be talking over the next three, three weeks. So I'm, I'm super excited about this, but uh, I just want to say great effort with the Beyond a Home this week. Um, which beach was that? Oh, can we talk about Patrick McKenzie for a moment? The man has a drone that he's putting into the sky. I don't, you've seen, you've worked with a drone before, haven't you, Lockie? Uh, only, only looked at it. Never. Okay. I've piloted. I've, I say that like everyone's piloted a drone before. I haven't piloted <laughs> a drone. Pat pilots well, so well in fact that dolphins will actually come and place themselves underneath his drone. So uh, that was, and yeah, Pat Pat does an awesome, incredible job. Um, where was that? That was Cloundra, Kings Beach. Oh, secret I little love spot. that place just down near the rocks making your way over to Shelley's beach to Moffat type way. But yeah, majestic guardians of the sea. We just had some dolphins just popping out after, after filming and um, a Pat captured them on his drone. I'm pretty sure he's got some awesome footage out there. 
Um, but yeah, he's he's a creative genius, Pat McKenzie. Shout out to Sensational. Him. Well, if you haven't seen Beyond a Home and if you didn't catch um, Beyond's in-person experience, which happens at Griffin State School, 10 a.m., 6 p.m., make sure you check out that YouTube clip um, via Beyond's YouTube page because it creates a good foundation for what we're about to talk about now. As every week, we, um, you know, through Beyond the Message, we kind of have a conversation based on the message and the things we talked about either online or on a Sunday. So make mm. sure you go check that out. It's a great video this week. Um, but Riley, to get us started in this conversation about being our own worst enemy or more so not being our own worst enemy, um, I'd just love to know a bit of the inspiration behind this series because it's, um, you know, I always like to ask part one, just why actually, why right here, right now, are we talking about this thing? Yeah, no, I love that. And it's a good question. And I guess the question I'd kind of answer with is like, have you ever been your own worst enemy before? Um, I know there's, there's probably, we, I look at this kind of conversation and we're like, we actually could have it at any time in the year. Cause I don't know about you lock, but there's definitely like just kind of months, seasons, weeks, days, time of change that happen across an annual year or across the space of three to five years where we look back and we just go like, what was I doing at that time? Like, why was I saying that to myself saying that to other people? Like, why didn't I stop myself and there's regret and there's some shame. And it's just this process of getting to, you know, kind of a destination where we're just like, like who, like, what, what was that? Like, who did I become during that time? Or who am I becoming? Um, and I think that's just the path of kind of self-sabotage, the path of self-destruction and just, yeah, again, that process of becoming our own worst enemy as well is that, it's just something that is just universally happening happening within the lives of, of people every day. Um, so whilst we can say that this is, you know, a topical conversation, perhaps I actually think it's an everyday kind of life struggle that we always have or not always have. We can have at any time. It's going to pop up at some stage in our life as well. Um, so, yeah, inspiration behind it, I, I think, is that it's, it's one thing that we can all kind of connect with in some ways. And why do we have a conversation about it? Because when we're our own worst enemy, it can put us in a, in a bit of a funk. It can put us in a space where, you know, we're trying to fix ourselves. We're trying to do that DIY job on ourselves. Um, we're trying to, you know, really be our own hero to our own story. Um, and that's such a tricky thing to do when we start to realize that we can't control everything in our life. There's some things we can control, but we can't control everything. And that fear of loss of control creates anxiousness and worry and all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think this points back to the fact that, you know, we we have a way to respond in some ways. And I think, um, at least coming from, yeah, a follower of Jesus, so you can write me off here too. But like, I think, yeah, I think God and, and his love for us and the relationship he desires with us can give us a response to how we can respond to how not to be our own worst enemy. That's awesome. Um, for those of you who might actually feel like, you're your own worst enemy. I kind of want to point this question in your direction. Um, but like just before we, or, you know, kind of as we get into the content of, of what we talked about on Sunday, I guess I want to start with asking like, what can we actually do if we do feel like we are our own worst enemy? Because I'm sure there's some people that at times that say, you know, oh, I feel that at times and at different points in the month or the week or the year, that's really like a relevant thing. But I'm sure there's some people listening who just feel that like, pretty 24 seven um have we got a message for them before we kind of get too deep into this conversation yeah well let's just hit it straight off the bat and 
again, I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head here too, Locke, but like I think one of the things that is our greatest um, not tool, I'm trying to think what a better word is. One of the, the greatest things we can have that can can help us when we become our own worst enemy, I think is accountability for mates and also just someone who can kind of speak those truths of like, no, 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 like the things you're saying about yourself right now, like I can see that they're unraveling you, like they're leading you to snowball. Like I can see you've stumbled. I know we talked about this a couple of you know, weeks ago in our stumbling along kind of conversation too, like how good it is to actually have people around you who love you for who you are and can say that to you as well and mean it. Um, and can keep you accountable in the times when you make decisions or you're about to make a decision that you know you're going to regret, but you can actually run it by someone or someone who's so close within your circle or so close to you. And that's kind of intimacy there. And it's not intimacy in the lovey-dovey way. Like it's literally letting someone know you for who you are. Um, I think that's that's something that can help us um, in, in that kind of, yeah, process of not becoming our own worst enemy too. Bottom line, like community like real friendship, like authentic and meaningful, like community, I think is a great starting point. And, you know, for me, I was reflecting with someone this week, like I have found so much of that within the church community. Like there's people I've grown up with that, um, you know, are, are older than me. Some people that I've grown up with that are just like another mother or like, yeah, another mom, another dad, another grandparent in my life. Um, and we were talking about 21st. I know just before we jumped into this podcast lot, cause I know, Big shout out to Ella McLean, 21st last week. Last Big week. So, yeah, like when you get to your 21st party, all these milestones in your life and you look back and you go like, wow, like how good would this be to look back and maybe you've experienced this and go like, I had all these people along on this journey with me and they're still encouraging me. They're still affirming me. They're calling me out at the same time for the things that I'm kind of stumbling over and slipping into. Like I've got people who are for me. So first and first and foremost, I'd say as we're jumping into this conversation too, yeah, don't take like everything we're saying for absolute, you know, truth and everything like that uh, until I think like you come to, to wrestle with what this looks like in the space of community as well and people who can, who can really do this for you and keep you accountable. Yeah, that's really good. And I can only really speak from my own experience here, but going back to that classic um, idea of, you know, would you speak to, your best friend, the way you'd speak to yourself. Mm. And, um, and the answer a lot of the times is like, no way. And so I know that when I'm in a, in a really bad situation, when I feel like I'm my own worst enemy, Mm. having the voice of someone that I love, just, just affirming and encouraging nothing in particular, but just to, just to tell me that things are actually okay. And that, um, that a lot of the things that I'm telling myself aren't true, that Mm. pulls me out of it pretty quickly, or it it definitely Mm. helps me to find my feet again. Uh, Cause I guess in that, in that moment of being your own worst enemy, like I'm sure everyone's got their own experience of what that looks like. But for me, it's just that, like that downhill, it, it just feels like that. Like it's, it yeah. just keeps getting, it keeps getting worse. It's like when yep. you're just sprinting downhill, you're just like, how do I stop? <laughs> yep. Or like you're on a skateboard going down a hill yeah. and you're like, I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do here. You're like, what yeah. the heck? You're getting quicker. You're wobbling. And then at one point, you know, like, do I commit to it? Do I jump mm-hmm. on? You know, there's just mm-hmm. like so much. It's it's not a it's not a fun time. And this is this thing, right? Because it gets to the point where sometimes some of us respond by like going like, yeah, we're going downhill on the skateboard, and we're like, all right, someone help me now. Like, someone get me off this. But it's not like help me, help me. It's like I got to find my own way to get off this now. And this is where I think we make just like really silly 
decisions that we can regret in a sense of like we slip back into an old habit or like we say something or we do something we know is just going to make us go faster down the hill. Like we do something we know is just like, no, that's just going to create more trouble. Like, and yet like we opt for it and we know, like we instinctively know in our head, like this is not the right way to go about it and respond. Um, and mm. yeah, we, we sell ourselves on it. Yeah. It's so interesting. We're going to talk about decisions um, in this next question. And mm. I find it always a tricky one because like, I recognize just the humanness of our decisions sometimes. So before we get into this, like I don't want anyone to feel awful for the decisions that they've made or for the decisions they continue to make, because there's just so many reasons as to why we can get stuck in decision, like stuck in cycles of making decisions. And I guess, you know, some of those reasons could be to do with our upbringing and different things that we've gone through, learned behaviors and patterns of thought. Like these are all things that I think over the course of a lifetime, we would still struggle with. So wherever you are at the moment, like um, please don't take this as, oh, well, if you just made better decisions, you wouldn't be in the situation. Like, it's just not as simple as that. That's a very like law-based answer. Um, and we know the gospel of Jesus is just so much bigger than that. And he's calling us to, um, to make better decisions in our life, but he's also calling us into all sorts of different ways of healing. So that's kind of my, my preface before going into this decision. Uh, so this decision conversation, um, but Riley, I wanted to ask you, you know, how can we be sure not to make those decisions that will actually continue to cause us to be our own worst enemies? How do we break that cycle? Yeah. And this is what we were talking in part one of, you know, our, our conversation. Um, and this is why over the next, you know, next couple of chats that we're having when it comes to this conversation of how not to be your own worst enemy, we're going to be talking about habits or preemptive habits that will kind of prime you hopefully give a little bit of a framework as to how you can kind of wrestle with not becoming your own worst enemy. Um, and our first habit like last Sunday was to, to pay attention to the tension, to pay attention to the tension or your conscience or that thing, that hesitation. Um, yeah. That thing in your head that just dings and goes like, hold up. I can make a decision or a choice here based off this opportunity or invitation. There's a chance that I, you know, it, I could make one that could lead me astray, even though if I feel like I should do it, even though if I know like everyone's doing it, even though I know somebody said like, no, nah, I like, do it anyway. Like it's all fine. Like when we wrestle with that, that first kind of preemptive habit that, yeah, we talked about on Sunday was to pay attention uh, to the tension. Um, and that kind of led into our story as well about, about David, who was at the back of this cave, King David, fugitive on the run. His father-in-law, King Saul is like chasing him. And wanting to take him out, he attempted to, to kill him. And like Saul goes out looking for him, finds out where David and his men might be, but he needs to go to the bathroom. So he goes to a cave whilst they're out on like this manhunt. And David and his men are at the back of this cave. And David sees this silhouette of Saul and he's like, okay, this is a pretty good opportunity right here. Like I could get the kingdom here. Like I could, I could allow my men to like go back home. Like this, like this would work great for me. So it's all kind of served up on a silver platter. And yet, as David begins to creep forward towards Saul from, you know, as we're reading it and like what we're expecting is like David to take Saul out, like David stops, like he pauses and he listens, like he listens to this hesitation, to this, this tension. He pays attention to the tension um, and, and he decides like, I'm not going to sell myself on this. Like, I'm not going to sell myself on, on killing like the king of Israel, killing my father-in-law, like killing the king 
that God shows. He's like, I don't want this to be the story that I tell, you know, my kids, my grandkids, like future generations, like it's this whole thing. And I know it's a bottom line we've talked about before it beyond. And I've heard it in a lot of places too, like the decisions you make today determine the story that you tell tomorrow. And as David's creeping forward, he decides instead to just cut off just a, like a, a snippet, just of Saul's robe. Um, goes back to the cave and his men are like, what have you done? You should have killed him. And David sharply rebuked him. He let Saul go on his way. Um, but David didn't sell himself like on, on his decision to, to kill Saul, just based on Saul's, Saul's own bad behavior. Like David didn't decide to respond with bad behavior. Um, instead, he walked out to the front of the cave just after Saul had left, was, was walking off on his mule or whatever mules do. Do they walk? Do they <laughs> The gallop. As they're going, <laughs> and and David's there, and he, you know, goes out to Saul, and Saul looks back, and Saul would just have been left humiliated as David actually bowed, you know, at Saul, like went lower than him, and showed him this piece of his robe, and everyone knew all of Saul's three thousand men, you know, behind him that day would have known that David was the better man, and David humiliated Saul with his self control, with his character. And didn't humiliate him with his military skills, but actually humiliated him with humility. And like, there's a story there that David can tell, like for the rest of his life or more so, can look at a growing point in his life where he knew he made a decision not to become his own worst enemy, which if you know the story of David, like David made some wise decisions, cool story, shepherd boy to killing Goliath. Like that's pretty cool when you're taking down like big giant looking fellas, but you know, David made some really, really, really unwise decisions in his life as well, which is why I'm thinking like, if anything, check out the story of David and, and you can do that on the YouVersion Bible app as well. Just type in David and there's so many reading plans in there that you can, you can find too, just to learn a little bit about David's journey. Because I think in David's story and journey and in chapters and snippets of it, you'll find things that really connect with your own life. But it's, it's something, you know, that we all struggle with. And when we're talking about why create this series, like, or why, you know, start this conversation, I just think how not to be your own worst enemy as a conversation is something that I need in my life so much too. Um, mm. Whilst we're at times our own worst voice within our head, I think we're also our own worst sales assistant as well. Like, and we just sell ourselves on things that we just know at the time, like, that's not a great buy. Like, that's not a great thing to opt into. Like, that's not a great decision right now. And we know it. And um, again, I love what you said, Lockie, like this isn't about just making better decisions in your life. I think one of the things, and I know we didn't really cover it on Sunday, but if you are a follower of Jesus, I think there's definitely times. And again, I know we talked about the Holy spirit, a couple of series back. You can check that out to maybe flesh this out a little bit more, unpack it a little bit more, but I think there's times when the Holy spirit definitely just like convicts us on something, convicts us on a decision or a choice we made, or even, in the midst of feeling that tension, like I think we listen as followers of Jesus again and can actually, you know, listen to the Holy spirit and, and that the Holy spirit will guide us as an advocate and a comforter in wanting to put us down the path that will allow us again to tell a story that's worth sharing and a story that God designed for us. Yeah. So good. And just continue on that to, um, to finish off our beyond the message podcast today. Riley, I just want to ask some really practical advice on like how we can be sure that we can live like David and not like Saul as we apply those two commitments to our life. So maybe just a, an opportunity to share a last bit of, um, of wisdom for us as we kind of look to apply the full Monday, which we talked about uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and listen, I look at it like between Saul and David, like again, 
Saul attempted to kill David. Like that's that's a pretty big thing to go after someone. In that time, lots of kind of killing, murder, you know, there's armies being built up, kingdoms being taken. It was a very different scene than to like us. Like probably the closest thing to it might have been like walking into Boxing Day sales at like a Westfield Champside <laughs> on the place where it's just havoc. Like this was kingdoms that were just crazy. Like when Saul attempted to kill like David, was actually married to one of his daughters, like like, like this is bad behavior. This is poor behavior by Saul. And like, frankly, like Saul has gone crazy here. Like, but again, and maybe, and I'm not saying you have someone in your life chasing after you, who's your father-in-law or anything like that, who like wants your head, like Saul did for David. But maybe there's someone in your life that you just like, Oh, just so much like frustration, like so much resentment towards them. Like, why can't they just get it? Why do they keep doing that? Why can't they stop? Like just how they're, behaving like just how they're doing things like i just want to change it and i just want to control it the really hard thing when we're trying to do that i feel and again this is just me just talking here is like we want to control the person so much we begin to micromanage them and then their bad behavior just ends up influencing us because we become all consumed by just wanting to change this person or you know get them on a different path that we just forget to actually you know either love them in the process which i know at that time for david like Maybe that was an option that went through his head, but that was really hard to do when someone's chasing after you with the sword as well. But, but again, David didn't decide to just react, just be provoked by Saul's bad behavior. He hit the pause. He paid attention to the tension. He said, I'm going to explore rather than ignore my conscience or ignore what I'm hearing right now, which again, for followers of Jesus, I think that's God's talking to us in these times too, where we can bring our honesty to him, come to him in an honest way and bring this to him as well. And I think he'll, you know, he'll give us a way of responding like every time. Um, But he didn't respond to Saul's bad behavior with more bad behavior. Again, like he humbled himself. He actually bowed towards Saul and he humiliated him in the end with his character and he yeah humiliated him with his with his humility and with his self-control again self-control is just such a massive thing to try and grab onto in the midst of becoming your own worst enemy but i think it's one way that we can definitely get some perspective as to where we're at in the midst of that journey as well and again Lockie, alongside other people like what an awesome opportunity to learn more about ourselves and more about god and, and how to listen to god in the process too yeah Too good, Riley. Well, I'm so excited to get into this series um, with parts two and three. I believe that's with Chris. Um, But thank you so much for setting that up for not only the Beyond the Message podcast, but for Beyond. We're really excited about this series and um, I'm sure everyone has got a lot of value out of this conversation. So thank you so much and we'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun, Lockie. We'll catch you then. Yeah, see ya. See ya.